Welcome to Publishing Gribble, the podcast that breaks the rules and helps you kickstart your career as a successful nonfiction author and entrepreneur. I'm your host, Melina Benson. Cedric Thorpes, welcome to Publishing Rebel. Thanks for having me. So for the listeners, Cedric is an educator, community advocate, public speaker, and award-winning author. We want to hear more about that award as well, yes, or those yes. maybe. Yeah. His book, Outspoken, the memoir, was published in 2020, and it is a powerful autobiographical work that is a testimony. I hope you agree with this. It's a testimony of transformation, resilience, and endurance about changing your life for the better and use the experiences to reach back to your youth communities. Did I get that about right? <laughs> I would say that's about right. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so Cedric, tell us a bit about what you do today, and then we'll dive into your author journey. Yes, absolutely. So today um, I currently serve as director of school culture and career technical education for Charter Management Network in Newark, New Jersey. Education is my passion. Working with young people is something that I'm extremely passionate about. As I began to, you know, travel through this educational space and began to work with a lot of different young people, I kind of realized that the model, you know, that we had in education was a little outdated in terms of how we're preparing our students to move on to post-secondary success. Every young person doesn't want to go to college. Every young person does not have the same idea. And education, as we know, is not one size fits all. So having the opportunity to kind of work in a space where I'm creating and developing alternative routes for you know students to be successful after they graduate, I mean, something I'm extremely passionate about and I love doing that work. Oh, Absolutely. sounds great. So what do you put an emphasis on teaching them that? I put an emphasis on teaching them. I, I, I talk about a few things, and I think a lot of what I talk about more so is about life rather than, you know, academic and schoolwork. And I just always want to let them know that you can be successful in whatever field, you know, that you want to go in, whatever style of life that you want to live, you can have that life. But regardless of what avenue you go, it's going to take hard work. Don't try to skip the hard work. And I think that's the most important message that I try to give to them as I'm, you know, having these conversations. Yes. And also that there are unique paths that fit any background, Absolutely. any personality. Absolutely. Absolutely. They can do whatever they literally you can do whatever you want to do. And I had to start teaching the people who I worked with, like the other educators that I work with, that we have to stop saying a child is not successful because they don't necessarily fit the mold that we say they need to be in, which is, you know, after you graduate, you're going to a four-year university or college or whatever. Just because that may not happen for a scholar does not mean that they're not successful and they won't find success along their path. So I think it was a mental shift that the adults had to take on as well, too. Do you think there's a bigger trend in society that actually has that message right now? Because I think so. I think mm -hmm. it's a the way we have institutionalized everything. It puts us into boxes and doesn't serve everyone. It happens also in publishing. <laughs> By mm -hmm. the way, Absolutely. we're put into boxes and that's why I promote self-publishing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think now, right, a lot of people are getting back to that space, right? Because there are people, there are people who do blue collar work, right? Who make great money. And I think that we have for, you know, at least for the past 25 years told students like, you need to go to college, you need to get this white collar job, you need to do these type of things. And I think the world has now realized that there are gaps in spaces where we need people, right? We need people who do HVAC work. We need people who do plumbing. We need people who do construction. We need people who fill in these other voids to make our society whole. And so I do think it is something that people are noticing and beginning to realize. Yes, and there are definitely also people in white-collar jobs that don't make much money. <laughs> 
So it's a thing too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a tool symbol to distinguish that way. So absolutely, Cedric. What made you write a book? A lot of reasons, and I I, I would say that this book was a long time coming. Um, my mentor, uh, Catrell Kenny, even when I was a teenager, used to tell me all of the time, Cedric, you need to write a book. You have an amazing story. Cedric, you need to write a book. People would resonate with the things that you say, and it would be inspirational for others. And I'm going to be honest, the hard-headed person that I am, I did not listen for a really long time. And I think I just got to a point where the book was literally like oozing out of me. Like I, you know, you just get to a point where you can no longer put it off. You can no longer, you know, find reasons to not make it happen. And during the pandemic, to be honest, we had, you know, a little extra downtime. And I figured like, if you're going to do it, now's the time, right? Um, and really, I just wanted to provide my story. I wanted to use my story and my life as an inspiration to other young people who may have grown up in similar situations and circumstances. And even if not, motivating the young people, motivate the adults to not give up on young people when they see that they're in a tough situation or when they may not necessarily be listening to the things that you say in that moment. Because a lot of the things that my mentor said to me in that moment, I did not listen, but they resonated with me. And I started to follow along with those things as I got older. And so I really just wanted to provide a guideline, a map, a resource for young people to be able to read, pick up and let them know it does not matter what current situation you're in. You can propel yourself to get to the next level in life. But once again, what I also mentioned in the book is it takes a lot of hard work to change, you know, some habits they may, they may not be so great into some habits that may be a little better, that may be beneficial and fruitful for you in the future. Yeah, I guess that shifts our minds away from the academics that it's not working hard with math you're talking about. It's working right. hard on yourself, I suppose. Yes, 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 yes. absolutely. It's, it's definitely a point of like self-development, self-growth. It's a place where you have to say, this is something that I want for me. And it's something you got to fight for every single day, especially when I'm, you know, thinking about young people who grew up in communities that I grew up in that were not as affluent. There were not, you know, there were not a lot of great examples and role models like where you maybe had to go seek those people out and find those people. I want to let those young people know too, that there is a path and there is a way and you can still do it. And it doesn't make you any less cool or any less popular or any of those things. It just means that you have a vision for your life and Ultimately, when you reach that vision, you will feel all of those things, that popularity, that coolness and all of that. Um, and you will be able to move forward and say, you know what? I accomplished this. I went from here to here and being able to see that progression for me. I think I didn't really see it until I wrote the book. And I was like, wow, you really did go through a lot of significant changes in your life to be here. And so that um, that makes me happy. That makes me proud to say I was able to do that for sure. Yeah, I think I think that there's a lot of process in writing a book like that as well. Yes. <laughs> you gotta dive yes. dive deep to, in yourself Absolutely. as well. And I think that awareness about the learnings that you had. Actually, I keep a list on my computer. That I use it for social media. Really, I keep a list of the moments that I learned important lessons in my life. Mm. And then when I when I do social media, I kind of I look into that and say. What's the situation where I learned this lesson and then I use that as a story? <laughs> so I think there Absolutely. are many ways of, of conveying those uh, inspirational messages. Absolutely. So how, how long did it take to write your book? Uh, people are actually surprised when I say this, but um, I would say like three months, like three solid months, three solid, three to four months. I reckon it, and, it couldn't be long when you said it was during the pandemic because it was published in 2020. So. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and like I said, I also think it was because this was one of those, I feel like it's like a musician when they're making like their first like album, right? It's like you have all of this material just in your mind. And yeah. so literally once I started putting pen to paper, it just kind of flowed. I would say the hardest part to write is when I, you know, when I got to around like my, 
my, my final chapter and I was just done. I was exhausted from work. I was exhausted <laughs> from writing. And I remember finishing out that last chapter and I was just crying because I was just like, please, I just, I just, I just want to be finished. I was literally in tears finishing it out. But it was something that I genuinely said, like, you have this amount of time to do it, right? Because I could have taken a year. I could have taken, you know, two years or whatever, but it was literally a situation where I said, you're going to finish this book by September and it is going to be published by November. And mm-hmm. that is what it's going to be. And so once I was able to find, you know, a publisher who self-published and, you know, was able to really work with me and, and do things like that, it really helped me expedite my process to kind of give me like some, you know, starting and stopping points where I need to be checking for here and there. And they really helped me like pull my story together. So yeah, it took me about three months to get it done and another two and a half months to actually get it like published and processed and, you know, get ready for print. Yeah. So at what point in your writing process did you find a publisher? Did you do that before or after? It was during, it was maybe in, it was, I would say like the midway point, but I had already had someone in mind from a previous connection that I made. Uh, The education world is so small. And so young lady who I ended up doing my publishing with her name at the time, she's now married. So excuse me for not knowing, you know, her name now, but her name was Williams, Jessica Williams. And she was a former educator. And so we met at a education convention. This was maybe 10 years ago. And, you know, she told me she was starting like a publishing company. She was like, Thorbs, I'm done with the education. I'm starting a publishing company. This is what I want to do. She, I remember she was telling me her story. Like, you know, I slept in my car to make this happen and all of those other type of things. And so <laughs> as I was writing it, I was thinking, I was reaching out to people and kind of looking. And I said, wait a minute. I said, let me reach out to this young lady and see if she's still doing it. And when I reached out to her, she was so excited at this point in time, you know, now when I reached out to her, she had published over maybe 200 books. Um, And so she was in a really great space just in terms of being able to work and do the work and really saw my vision for what I wanted to have. And the thing I loved about working with her the most is that they weren't trying to like change my story. A lot of people who I had reached out to and sent my transcript to, it was like, oh, well, maybe we should change this or change that. Oh, it's a little too raw, or, you know, and, and, and that's what I wanted from it because I felt like that's what my life was. And so she really allowed me to be creative. She allowed me to, you know, have my spaces. We went back and forth about the transcript a lot, but ultimately, you know, she allowed me to do my thing. And I think that was really special for me. So I was happy I was able to find her. Was this a, like a traditional publishing deal where, she gets the ownership who she pays the royalty or did she just help you publishing your book how how does that work no so it was you pay a fee up front and basically everything that happens after that belongs to you they don't own any rights to my book so even if i wanted to go and republish and you know find another publisher and kind of you know make it a larger situation then i would be able to do that so i actually receive all the royalties from my book i get everything um, pretty yeah. much all i had to do was pay her up front Yeah. Absolutely. So it's it's basically a consultancy work and help for the process. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of the reason thank you for sharing that because the reason I ask is there's a lot of confusion about how publishing works and to me that that is self-publishing even mm-hmm. though you get help for the process it's still your book and and so forth. and, and yeah. I want to congratulate you for that choice because that's thank important. You. Thank you so much. That's yes, important especially when you have a speaking career to uh, develop there. So Absolutely. where do you go? How how long have you been doing public speaking? Wow. I would say since I was honestly about 14 years old. Okay. And cool. <laughs> this was right. And so this was something that I'm super grateful 
to the same mentor who was telling me I needed to write the book because my public speaking really started off as doing spoken word poetry. And it kind of developed from that. But he would literally, once he figured out I could do spoken word, he would literally take me to these places and it would be places with these prominent people. And he would just say like, we wouldn't even be on the program. Right. And he would be like, Cedric, like do a poem. Right. And I would fight him. Like, I'm not doing a poem. Like, that's so weird. Like, why would I just, you know, he (laughs) would continuously push me, push me. Don't be afraid. Like, don't hide your talent. Don't hide your skill. Do a poem. Do a poem. Get up there and say something about yourself. Right. You're a young black male. Uh, You're in a space with prominent individuals. You totally are the opposite of what they say the narrative is for young black men in the inner city. You need to get up and say something. And so once I got over the fear And I think just because writing is very intimate, right? It's something that you have to be super confident about to go and share and express your feelings and then go out and say it in front of people. Once I got over that fear of it, we were just on go. Like it was just like automatic at that point. Like we, like if I'm going to this event, I know I'm going to do something when I get there. I know I'm going to have to speak. And so I would just have these things prepared. And so I would say around the time I got to my junior year in high school, my mentor had done a lot of work with me around like my grades, you know, and just getting my, what we would call like the package together. Right. So when we're going out talking to these people and we're telling them about my story, it's not one-sided. It's not that he's, oh, he's just a great speaker. He's just a great poet. It's like, no, not, not only that, but he's also a great student and he has ambitions and goals to do X, Y, and Z. And so I recall vividly this one particular incident. And this is kind of when I started taking it serious is when I did this, because all of this stuff was like pro bono. I wasn't getting paid. And so I went to this church one time that was in the city of Cleveland and the pastor, you know, Cottrell, which is my mentor's name, made his way up there and somehow found a way to get me up there to speak at the church. And after I got finished, the pastor sent around like a collection plate. And I had made up like thousands of dollars, right? And I was up there for five minutes and I was like, whoa, I was like, okay. Like I've never experienced this before. Mind you, I'm 16 years old with a couple of thousand dollars in my pocket for five minutes of work. And once I like, and I I hate to say it was about the money, but once I realized that that like, not to say that that was the type of power that I had, that 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 was the type of um, message. It's valuable. Yeah, it's valuable. It's valuable. Exactly. Yeah. Once I realized that I had that, I think that's kind of when I started taking it serious. And I was like, okay, maybe this is something that I could actually utilize. And it's something that I've been utilizing to, you know, not only get my message across, but to help change others, you know, and make a living for myself for the past 15, 16 years. So it's been, it's been good. I wish every young person had a mentor to get them to speak. When you overcome that thing, that's the number one thing people fear more than dying, right? (laughs) So I just, when you've done that, you've done everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. No, but, and, and, and even and even still, right, even to this day, and I'm not going to say I get super nervous now, but I still get butterflies when it's time to go in, you know, speak or perform. And so it's not something that you ever, it's not something you get used to. It's just something that you know, like, I feel like everybody has a purpose in life, right? And I don't want to get like overly spiritual or anything like that, but I do feel like everybody has a purpose in life. And I do feel like sharing my voice and sharing the insights that I have is a part of my purpose. And so that's something I make sure that I, you know, try to do anytime I can. Yeah. Butterflies just means it's important, (laughs) right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Cedric, after your book came out, what kind of change has it made in your career then? I, you know, it's it's been really great. And sometimes I find it in places where I wouldn't have thought I would have found it. Like even, you know, it's been a great tool for me working with young people, right? Because the funny thing about, you know, when you're working with students, they think like 
your life is totally like wrapped and evolved around them. Like they think you sleep at the school and it's like, I don't, <laughs> I have other things going on outside of here. And so what I think it's done for me, number one is giving me a product that I can utilize and just being transparent that I can utilize and sell when I go to these places and I have these conversations with people. It gives me a reference point to say, well, if you want to learn about some more of these things, here is something you can read, some material you can give to your son, to your daughter. And so I think that has helped me out in that way. But I also think it lets my students know like, man, you can really have, you know, more than one thing going on at one time. You don't have to be a monolith. You don't have to just do this this one particular thing. You can have your foot in many different doors. And I also just think that the book has touched people. The book has, people have really written to me and, you know, said, hey, man, like, this is something that I plan on. Some of the lessons that you talked about in that book, I plan on using for the rest of my life. And so when I can have an impact, and I think that was also a part of why I wanted to write the book is because I can't be everywhere, but the book can. And so if I can utilize those lessons, you know, if I can utilize those lessons that I have in my life and share with other people through this novel, through this book, then, you know, I feel like I did great work. And so that's like that's. Let's just repeat that. Let's just repeat that. Oh, that I can't be everywhere, but the book can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the truth, you know. It's. I, yeah. I, I remember a, a young lady reached out to me from Waco, Texas. I've never been to Waco, Texas in my life, but she heard about my book and she wanted to utilize it for her kids. And so, it, like, that's the type of impact that it has, where people get a hold of it and they find it to be worth something, and they want to spend their money to get get a product that you made. And I think that's something that's really great and really cool. Oh, fantastic. Tell us about the award now. Yes. So my publisher, and it is this is King Vision Publishing. This is the name of the publishing company that I worked with. They do a book award every year, book awards every year for, you know, publishers who, I mean, authors who come through and utilize their services. And so I was in a, I won an award for best memoir. I was up against, I believe, five other authors. It was a very, very close race. I mean, like I won by a couple hundred votes, but it literally went down to the wire. Who voted? These were just like random random people. people. Yeah, random people who had read the book and, you know. And so it was really cool to just see the participation. I had over 70,000 like people click for my book. And so just the seated, you know, you like, and, and maybe people voted more than once or whatever the situation is, but just but to know that people, that my book has such an impact that I would, people would go consistently and vote over 70,000 times to see me, you know, win that award, or even if I didn't win, but just the support to say, hey, like, we really appreciate what you did. It was amazing. It was amazing feeling. Uh, they had an award show. I was able to speak on the award show and do those things. And so it was a really nice, uh, it was a really nice time and it was really good to be recognized for some of the hard work that you put in. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of both engaging uh, the audience, but also recognizing the effort that uh, the authors did. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me about uh, your marketing strategy. Was that you or the publisher who did that? No, so that was me. And I'm going to be honest, my strategy was simple. It was, and it ended up turning to to be a little more than this, but it really, my strategy was, I'm an educator. I work with a lot of, CEOs, superintendents, you know, right? And so my goal was to sell 10,000 books, right? And so I just figured I don't have to sell 10,000 books to 10,000 people. I just need to sell a couple of thousand books to 10 to 20 people. And if I can get 10 to 20 people to say yes, then, you know, we're in a good space. Now, I'm not going to say that I got those 10 to 20 people to say yes, but I was able to sell a lot of books because of the avenue that I decided to go for. I did have like food districts purchase large amounts of books, 200 books, 300 books at a time, you know, and 
not only one time, but they would purchase them year over year, right? So it was like, okay, so I bought 300 last year. Now I'm going to buy 500 this year. I bought 125 last year. Now I need 225. And so just to see that not only was it a situation where I was able to get those customers, but I was able to retain those customers and those customers found the, you know, the product worthwhile, that they wanted to give it to the next group of students that was coming into their program or coming into their school. And so that was really my marketing strategy. And as I was going around and I was, and of course I wanted to utilize a lot of social media. So I created a website, you know, for the book so people could go and see a visual and I could provide them with some insight to who I was as a person, number one, but also to some of the work that I do. When I, when I, when people bought books or they came to my website, I collected emails. So that allowed me to, you know, continue to talk to those people. I did a speaker series after I was done with the book and, you know, it was released. So for six weeks, I had people tuning in with me so they could continue to hear about the book and book sales came from there. And so it was just a lot of the different touch points that I had in terms of like the social media videos. I created little clips about, you know, what the book was about, how could it inspire, how could it impact. And so once those things started to pop out there, you know, we went from like, okay, I remember the first day when I released my book, my website got shut down because it was so much traffic. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And so, you know, to know that, you know, like I said, to do all of those things and it was not, it was not easy. I literally paying for studio time, going into the studio, paying for, you know, time for videographer and all of those things, right? Those are all things that I have that cost up front taken care of. But I saw a tenfold on the back end. So it was definitely worth the investment. But that was my strategy. I wanted to get 20 people to buy a whole bunch of books for their kids. And yeah. once and once that started happening, parents started reaching out. Other students started reaching out because they wanted to get copies of the book. Of course, my family and friends supported immensely by, you know, simply sharing on Instagram, sharing on Facebook. And I think that made all the difference in the world. Oh, congratulations, Cedric, on, on, on having that impact. Uh, to me, it's not just about the sales there. That confirmation that someone believes this is so good, this is a great book. We think this is so important that we're going to give it to all of these kids. It's just amazing. That's a, a recognition in in and of itself, apart from the book sales, which are obviously also nice. So do you have a Absolutely. scaling strategy then? How to reach it? Because that's quite local or more national? or Yeah, I would say... It, it is more so local. And to be honest, no, I didn't have necessarily like a scaling strategy. I think what kind of happened when it did start making, you know, its way around to a couple of different states and uh, just, you know, I'm from Ohio. So that's, you know, one state that I knew I was going to sell books in Detroit. There was books sold in Michigan. There were books sold in Texas. There were books sold in D.C. So I think when those other books started to, you know, come into place, it was by word of mouth. But I didn't necessarily have like a scaling strategy to see that happen. Um, oh, so I'm going to so, have to have you back next year then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Once you have had uh, that bigger impact. <laughs> yes, yes, Even definitely. Beyond, yeah. So did you actually, you printed the books and how do you handle it? The practical part of it is that you then receiving the order, sending them out or to use a fulfillment center or how do you do that? Right. So I am not, you know, after I, you know, paid to get the books printed and everything like that, I am basically the person doing everything from, you know, writing in the book to going to the book, filling the orders and doing everything like that. That's all me. Honestly, it was just a way to cut costs. You know, I was trying to, you know, get as much revenue back as possible. So every person you add, you know, to your mix is a person you have to pay. It was very time consuming. I will say that. However, I do feel like it was beneficial for me because I got to see the whole process and to Right. And so even at this point in time now, like I've helped and I'm not going to say like I publish anything, but I've walked 
other people through the process of like, okay, this is how you go about writing your book, doing this, doing that. And Mm -hmm. so it gave me the expertise, I would say, that I need to go and do another one when I'm ready to do another one, right? So yeah, I pretty much did all the fulfillment. I put in all the orders. I received all the orders. I took all the emails. I formulated all of the lists. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, it was I, a good I think I think this is a great story. I, I love it because you're a very good example of even though you are hustling <laughs> and, and you are doing the work, you're still going big because you are you are going for the to sell for the right people, right. Uh, so that you can have that bigger impact for each sale. Because if you are selling to one person at a time only, then it's a lot of work to do that. Mm. Yeah, so I love how you have done that. Yeah, so what's yeah. your what's your next step from here then? My next step from here is so I, I do want to write another book that is on the way. I have a couple other books in my mind that I want to write. However. My my goal is to get the second book out. And I think the second book is going to be a little less about my life per se, and a little more around practicalities we can do in the education space about how we can kind of help and work with young people. I do want to have a part two to this autobiography, um, which I've already started working on, but I don't feel like even outside of the other books, what I don't feel like I have the opportunity to do is really have that face-to-face connection with people because we were in the pandemic. And so the thing I love about books, right, and good music is that they have a long lifespan, you know, yes. and exactly. And so it's like, you know, some some books don't get recognized till 25 years, you know, down the line. Right. And I, and so I am just in a space where I want to continue to cultivate outspoken, cultivate the message behind it and really have take this time and opportunity to set up some spaces where I can travel And like have these book signings and have these book events and have these speaking engagements so we can push the book even further. Ah, love it. Yes. Cedric, thank you. you. This has has been awesome. Where can people reach you if they want to know more about your work or reach out to you for something? Yeah, so people want to reach out to me. I do have a website. It is very simple. It is www.cedricthorbs.com. From that website, you can purchase a book. You can reach out to me. You can send me an email. You can do any of those things. I've actually stepped away from the social media for a little while just because, you know, you need spaces and time to clear your head and just kind of focus up on certain things. But my website is a great way to get in contact with me, www.cedricthorbs.com. I'm available there. Okay, so I shouldn't tag you on LinkedIn then? Ah, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I know I can. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna make, I, I'm not sure if we're connected, but I'll make, we'll make sure that we are <laughs> so that yes, I can yes. tag you when we share this episode. So thank you so much, Cedric. This has been a blast. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me.